Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we chat with Larissa Barbu, the COO and co-founder of both Exchange.Art and Code Canvas. She shares with us challenges they've faced since launching a year and a half ago, how the buying habits of art collectors have evolved over time, and their stance on doxing and royalties for artists. Let's do this. All right. Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. We are excited to have Larissa Barbu from Exchange.Art today. Welcome to the show, Larissa. I can't wait for today's conversation. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just give us a brief background about you and, and how Exchange.Art came to be? Thank you so much, Erin, and thank you so much for having me. Really excited with your initiative um, of the show and um, with your support towards women in the industry. Um, so a bit about myself. Um, I have studied um, in the UK at Manchester University, um, worked for a few years in technology, um, in, um, in banks like JP Morgan um, and other companies. And then uh, with the same team that we have, with the same team of founders that we have now at Exchange, uh, we have built different projects and um, Exchange Art is the biggest one that we have done so far. Um, and the second biggest one is Code Canvas, which has just launched um, a month ago. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about how Exchange Art, like, the idea came about so um alex who is the ceo um was the person that envisioned um a better place for artists in general um to do commerce and a better community for them um we went to a few galleries in london and we had a few chats with artists who were trying to um to uh, pick a few pieces for our apartment and after having a few conversations we realized um the things that we thought can be done better in that industry so um, this is how creating a marketplace for artists came about um and from there on it was just a lot of hard work I love this. So um, I'm actually on the website right now and you've got so many incredible, beautiful pieces up there. So talk to me about, um, you know, for those that are completely new to exchange.art, talk to me about like what it is and why someone should go visit that and consider exchange.art to uh, purchase their next art piece. So Exchange Art is um, the art marketplace on Solana. Uh, we are focusing on one-of-ones, which mean unique pieces, and editions, which mean uh, a number of copies of the same one piece. Um, it's a lot more, we are focused a lot more on what the traditional world uh, looks like in terms of pieces. So we don't focus on collectibles, for example. We don't have collections that have 10,000 pieces um, of, of variants of one one kind of theme. Um, but that's pretty much it as, uh, as a sum up of exchange art. Um, why would someone try to get into this market? Well, as an artist, I think it's really important the fact that we are open and inclusive. We don't have lengthy selection processes. You can just go on and create an account 
um, and mint your piece, which takes a few seconds and a few clicks, and that's it. You're ready to go. Um, so from the, this perspective, we don't um, gate the marketplace. Everyone has a chance um, to start their um, career or their, their side business, if they want to do that, um, on Exchange Art. Um, we also offer a lot of stuff. We are trying to be out there in the community every day as much as possible with as many resources as possible. So, for example, artists have the option of having discussions with our senior curator, Hayley. She worked for Sotheby's, she worked for MoMA, she worked for a few more reputable um, um, uh, institutions from the traditional art world before she joined us. Um, and she really provides a really good input into curate, helping artists to curate their own series. So there are multiple, really multiple reasons to try to join um, Exchange Art. Um, Twitter also, what, whatever the community that we managed to build around um, Exchange Art on Twitter is really welcoming. We have started this market on Solana from scratch, uh, or almost from scratch, a year and almost half ago. And the world that we build around it, it's really welcoming um, and really helpful with the new artists that are joining. Even if they join from a traditional art world, let's say from um, art schools, or um, they do art for passion because they never actually had the chance to do it for a living because the traditional artwork didn't exactly give them the chance to um, to use their talent to, to make a living. Or if they are um, professional artists that have always done that, the community is really welcoming with everyone and we are sharing everything that we learn all the time um back we are basically feeding back everything that we learn to the community yes and so i mean I, I think about the experience of art collectors and the shifts that they've made in their purchasing uh you know abilities when it comes to people in the classic sense right people are going to New York City to Miami to find these specific art pieces that they are looking for, or perhaps like studios. Um, and the experience was very interactive. You're going to, you're seeing these these pieces in real life. There's been a huge shift, of course, um, in the last two years to this concept of digital art. How how have you seen kind of the buying habits of collectors? shifted over the last two years? And then what are you doing to kind of bring more of those collectors that are looking for that kind of in-person Miami experience into kind of like considering exchange art for their next art piece? Well, we're going to Miami. <laughs> um, Great. I'll start to the end. <laughs> we had a lovely show in Miami during Miami Art Week last year where we celebrated um, more than 30 artists um, on Solana. We had 50, around 50 screens, and um, it, it has been beamed by everyone. We had hundreds of people um, coming to see it, and we were surprised that the feedback was absolutely incredible, and we had um, attendees that have attended Art Basel, as a matter of fact, or more established shows 
um, for many, many years. And they said this was the best show that they've seen um, since they are since they are coming to Miami Art Week. So that was lovely. Now that I start, to, yes, I started with the end of the conversation. <laughs> Let me go back to the beginning of the question. Um, in terms of collectors, what we are seeing is they, that they really appreciate the transparency and the provenance. Now on transparency, there are a few points. Um, and that is the fact that um, they can be in touch with the artist a lot more. They have visibility over the artworks that the artist is putting up for sale and everything that um, comes with the commercial commercialization of that piece. Um, in terms of provenance, basically this leads into the provenance uh, topic. We have built a particular feature for all these collectors in which they can um, clearly see um, in a very user-friendly way when has a piece been minted by whom, which is very important because that basically guarantees who the artist is. Um, when and then all the commerce layers that that particular piece has gone through, um, be it um, just a buy now, be it um, an auction, how many bids have been placed, what were the bids, who placed the bids, all of these questions and all of this data that traditional auction houses um, have have and guarded, they have it and they guard it um, in order to make uh, their own decisions, we have made it public for all the collectors or potential collectors to be able to see and make informed decisions based on whatever their criteria is. So this is what we've seen. They appreciate a lot the transparency and the provenance um in terms of the art that they are buying that's uh I, I would imagine that's definitely uh um you know it's interesting you say talk about transparency in a world of crypto like one of the positives is the fact that we don't know who is behind certain projects certain art pieces certain wallets and so even though there may be more transparency, it also may be challenging to um, really get a, that peak. Um, do you have any sort of, uh, not rules, but any sort of guidance as far as um, whether artists should be doxxed or not, whether they should be kind of transparent about who they are in real life? Like, what are your thoughts around that? So this is not something new um, since, uh, historic pastimes. We have artists that are signing um, their artworks with different names for different reasons. Um, most um, common one where we, for example, 100, 200 years ago when they weren't exactly allowed to be poets, for example. So they would um, get our painters uh, in different countries, right? So this is, this is not exactly universally available, uh, valid. But um, we have periods um, in the history where women, for example, weren't allowed to be artists. They had to use the names of their fathers or their, their brothers um, or their husbands, anyone who'd be uh, a masculine figure in their life to be able to publish their artworks and have it recognized by the public. So from that perspective, um, I do not think it's um, our place as a marketplace to dictate whether the artist 
should uh, be dogs because this is a new word but again we are just coming back to um, word uh, old concepts um, it's it's their choice right if they consider that they maybe their day work um, they work in an industry where the fact that they're artists um, doesn't help them a lot uh, they have the option to to always sign um, with whatever title or whatever name they choose we will always support them and that's totally fine so i i jumped the gun a little bit here but i wanted to talk about royalties uh so you guys yeah i've I seen it are... i've seen it popping at some point yeah. You know, uh... <laughs> yeah so i wanted to talk about this i think that what you guys are doing here is is really cool so you have a royalties protection standard so tell us a little bit about that and I mean, I feel like royalties has been kind of a big discussion of, you know, recent. So what's the story behind this? What made you guys decide to take this stance on royalties? So again, royalties are an historic concept. Um, it has been done for many, many years. We have examples in uh, the art fashion world. We have examples everywhere of royalties being a concept that people have used in the past um, and it's worked really um, fine. So in our case, what happened was that due to um, some market movements last year, we had to um, create, to step in and create a standard um, that protects the royalties for our creators. Um, it is an opt-in um, sort of feature. So if there are some creators that maybe do not want on a particular piece royalties or they do not want to um, deal with what this feature means they can just um, not, not use it at all so we partnered with um, uh, cardinal labs back in october to create this um, standard royal protection standard to give the creators the option of having the royalties guaranteed if they wish so um, what we are looking towards in the future is having um, a migration towards the programmatic NFTs that have been built by Metaplex on Solana. Um, they are the company that kind of sets the, the, the NFT standard on Solana and everyone abides by the standard um, they set. They, they came up with this programmatic NFT idea and they implemented it. Uh, and we will be looking to onboard into that soon in order to help uh, guarantee the artist's royalties. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of that. We uh, have talked often about the fact that that's like one of the driving factors why we're here in this space is because you get to actually support the artists unlike, you know, traditional sense web two world. Um, so I love that Indeed. that you've, you've taken that stance and are doing things to push that forward. Indeed, and we have seen how much it, it matters for creators because um, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, we created this market from um, almost scratch a year and a half ago. So a lot of the artists that started with us back then, um, they started at lower price points and the royalties that they have set back when they minted the NFTs at the beginning are really paying off half, half a year later or a few months later, or maybe even a year and a year and a half. Um, and they really feel the difference that it makes in their income and in the motivation to keep them 
creating and do what they love best. So we learned that firsthand and um, we have all the reason to support it. Which, I mean, it makes sense. There's, there's no reason for, you know, the term starving artists. It's like, why, why yes. do they need to be starving? Why can't they pay their bills and, and put food on the table like anybody else, you I know? I mean, so. again, in the history, there have been artists that thought it's better to be starving because it, it would get them into a state where they would create better or more profound or anything else. Um, but there is no reason for the outside world to, to restrain them um, at being a starving artist. It needs to be a choice if, uh, if they wish so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would love to hear a little bit about Code Canvas and that just recently launched. So can you share a little bit about that? So um, on Solana, um, we observed that there is a gap um, and part of the market is underserved. And that was the long form generative art. Um, and we decided to open Code Canvas, especially to serve that market. We were lucky to start with two amazing artists we had our first two drops so far, and we're looking forward to uh, another one, um, I think, in a few days. Great. That's exciting. I like it. How have, um, you know, obviously the market today looks very different than it did in October when you launched uh, 2021. So talk to me about um, kind of the journey that you guys uh, ha and your team have been on uh, through what has been a bit of a roller coaster of a market and people, um, talk to me about like what your journey has been like since launch. So it's been definitely the toughest thing that we've ever done by far. And we are, um, I appreciate the honesty, thing. by the way, <laughs> <laughs> without, um, yeah. I mean, it's been really, really tough. And without modesty, we are a really good team. Um, we've known each other for a long time. We've worked together in government projects and in all sorts of high profile um, projects that we delivered in the past. So we've been to stressful times before, but this time and this project has kind of stretched our um, imagination <laughs> in terms, and we, we've discovered qualities that we didn't know we have. Um, so it, it's been tough, but it's been rewarding so far. We've just taken it step by step, day by day. And every time we're looking back to see whether what we've done was the right choice or not. And so far, uh, we are happy with the choices that we've done so far with all the lessons that we learned and the feedback that we receive constantly from the community of artists and collector um, is constructive and it's positive. So we still have a long way to go to achieve what we have in mind, but with their support and with all the constructive feedback, we aim to get there. We wish we'd be a team of 100 people or 200 people, so we would actually implement everything that's being required faster um, and delivering, deliver everything faster and, um, and more. But um, given the team that we have, we are doing absolutely uh, or absolute best to to deliver everything that the artists need and um, uh, the features where the imagination kind of stretches. Um, we have weathered, thankfully, all the um, storms that have come our way 
which was amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we learned a lot. That's quite the baseline. We, we learned a lot and we keep pushing ahead. Yeah, I feel like it, it makes you stronger, right? Um, sounds like you guys are it here does. to stay. So. It does and then it gives us a bit more confidence because when we started, we kind of had to learn a lot about the marketing which we started in. But the more time we spent with our artists and our collectors and the more we gathered that feedback and implemented and kind of went into these feedback loops, um, we learned that we are on the right path so far. So it, it gives us a lot more confidence that we can weather whatever storms will come our way in the next couple of years. Okay. That's great. Um, I, I just have to comment. So in the last, what, like year and a half, you guys have done over 16 million in sales volume and have seen a, a big growth in, in the platform. And you guys have done it all completely um, gen genuinely and um, organically. So how did this happen? Was it, was it just like artists sharing the, how, how did you do this? Um, so word of mouth was, a really big factor for us. It's the engine that helps us grow. Um, yeah. It has always worked the best for us. It is a lot of a lot of a lot of the success um, is due to the fact that we spend a lot of time um, with artists and collectors, and we listen and we implement um, solutions that answer to their needs. And yeah. uh, we have a lot of chats with them also about their series, about curation, um, about everything. So we have both um, discussions on the art side and we are trying to help them grow on the art side with the resources that we have that come from the traditional art world. Um, and also on the technical side, because we are at the front forefront of innovation. A lot of the things that we are doing haven't been done before and a lot of the challenges that uh, we're facing haven't been um, don't really happen in the traditional art world. So it's a lot of um, understanding every day what's going on and trying to figure out if our roadmap still fits to the current situation or if we need to take measure and adapt to whatever new um, requirements are in the market. So for that type of you know, white glove service, hand-holding, do the artists have to pay for any of that or does it come from like fees on the other side? Um, it's completely free. We had to do a lot of things for artists, uh, completely free of charge because we grew this market from scratch um, and uh, we are, we, we've seen, um, uh, we've seen a lot of gratitude from their side uh, for the help sure. that we offered um, and that we offer all the time. And we just keep doing this um, as long as, as we'll be around. There is no um, charge for the service. Artists, uh, we, we keep uh, promoting the, um, the, the calendar links for them to book um, office hours with our team. Yes. So they can um, choose to book slots uh, with our team and just use it for free. I've seen, we've seen tremendous feedback from, from their side after having conversations with our team. Um, and we, and, and uh, a lot of the bodies of work improved 
after we helped a bit. Now, not everyone needs it. So it's not something that people should do just for the sake of doing it uh, right. or because they feel the pressure um, from other artists or maybe because they don't feel enough because they didn't do this, right? So it's just one of the services that we offer out there uh, for people that feel the need to, to have a chat with a curator and see if there's something for them a bit more in this. So Larissa, I did want to ask you what sort of qualifications or what do you look at when you're approving an artist? Are there guidelines or, you know, things that you uh, go through when you're, you know, adding an artist to the site? No, but um, I mean, it takes a few seconds, probably, I don't know, a minute, I'm not sure what it is now. Um, to get your profile submitted and your artwork, your first artwork submitted, but we check every artwork for fraud. So we okay. have a team that does this 24-7. Um, we have tools that do it for us in collaboration with um, human resources. So there's always kind of a human at the end of, um, at the, end of the channel, but we do this a lot because we've seen um, it's it's a lot easier at the end of the day to copy a digital piece than it was back in the days to copy a painting. Um, so we are trying to, again, as part of our efforts to, to keep this community um, at the standard that we want, is doing these fraud checks um, all the time that the, the pieces are submitted. Sometimes they involve, for example, asking for proof of creation um, so uh, for all new artists and then for the ones that exist from time to time, we ask proofs, proofs of creation and we have discussions with them um, about the, the how, how they created that piece. And that now it depends between, for example, it can be a painting, it can be a physical painting, right? Can we see pictures of the actual canvas unedited, right? Is the canvas somewhere in your room, for example? Like, does that canvas actually exist? Did, mm -hmm. you, did you do it? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. For photographies, we have different set of questions. For um, digital art, again, we want to see um, layers, for example. There are a lot of things that we look for, and there is a, there is a bit of a conversation. Um, most of the time, everything is all right. And that's, that's kind of the only thing that we do, but we don't gatekeep um, in any way. There isn't an application. Right. We, are, we are not in in a place to say what art is and what art isn't. Um, it's not our place and I'm not sure whose place that is. <laughs> right. Um, now, if we were to look like five years out from now, like what does the future have in store for you and your team and exchange.art? Like talk to me about what that vision looks like for you guys. So we are trying to grow exchange art into a one-stop shop for um, digital art. That's where we are heading. Anything more than that would be just wishful thinking <laughs> because honestly, yeah. as much as we'd like to plan and as, as much as we are trying to plan everything on our side for the next couple of months and one to two years, we realize that it's a very fast moving environment and <laughs> we need to adapt every day to what changes in the market if, um, if it affects our business and if, if it affects artists. Like even the royalty protection standard was a reaction of what was happening in the market back then. Mm. So it's a combination between being reactive and being uh, and planning everything and being strategic. But um, 
we are just going into the direction of making Exchange Art a one-stop shop, offering them all the features that they are requiring. Um, I think we'll probably need the next five years to <laughs> build everything that's being requested. But I really hope we'll, uh, we'll manage to achieve it faster. Again, I love the honesty. <laughs> Great. Well, I just want to say, um, you know, thank you for for being here on the show. I, I would love for you to share with the audience what is the best way to connect with you. We're going to have, you know, all the links and stuff um, on our website. And um, do you have any, you know, parting thoughts, words for our listeners out there? So um, I am on Twitter, I am on LinkedIn, feel free to reach out. However, keep in mind I am a one person uh, kind of job on both social media. So the Exchange Art Twitter um, is always active. We have a few people working all the time on our Twitter account. Uh, we have a, few, uh, a, a big team that is in our Discord channel all the time, um, offering 24 hours support, um, both on the technical side and um, in everything that, that means Exchange Art. So feel free to reach on all of these channels. Um, we are always there, happy to, happy to help. Um, and I think that's all from my side. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your initiative um, of promoting women in, in this ecosystem. And um, I, I hope we are doing our part as best as we can. For example, we are, thank you very much. Uh, for example, uh, we are working with Solana for their next event, um, Solana Hacker House in Austin this year, which is focused on women. We will curate, uh, for the most part, a gallery that's focused on artists, um, of women artists. And we will try to promote uh, in our panels, um, again, art created by women. So. We're trying on our part to do um, as best um, as we can on this topic as well. So I really applaud your initiative and I hope um, we get to a better world for, for us. Yes, love it. Well, thank you so much, Larissa. It's been, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you, Irene. Thank you, Jen. So Jen FT, I love that. And uh, I can think of a handful of artists that could potentially benefit from this if if they were interested in taking their art into the online world. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's so interesting. There, there seems to be so many platforms for artists that it would be challenging if I were one of them to choose what platform. Yeah. But just their stance on the royalties alone mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. drive me like to, to utilize them. I think that's bold of them to make that stance, bold of them to put that in place, the program that they have. Um, so I think uh, they are in it to win it. I think they're in here for the long haul. Like that was a really good conversation yeah. and super enlightening. And I, I couldn't help but think like I love the hand-holding component of it. And of course it reminds me of Everyday Shiro and their hand-holding. Uh, I just, I, I love it when people go into things with the, you know, notion idea to really help people because you know this space is so confusing and i can't imagine you know i would i would think as an artist like the technology aspect and and all of those things would probably be confusing 
for most yes. artists. So the fact that they're really there to help guide them through, I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, they are leveling up their level of service and yeah. I feel like that they can't go wrong there, right? Um, it's it's needed, it's wanted, it's desired. It's it's You're right, this is a scary space here and having a team there that is easily accessible who will walk you through the process is just going to make them stand out compared to all the other platforms. Yep, 100%. So that being said, I wanted to just say today, I know we've said this before, but um, we have something. So you can ask us anything or provide us feedback. We would love it if you would give us a call and leave us a voicemail. And you can do that at the Nifty Chicks dot io forward slash vm it's super duper easy all you do is go there and then you just hit record and you leave us a little voice message and it gets delivered straight to our inbox and then we can answer your questions we can play your little you know hopefully you say nice things about our show or you know because of course you like that but if you do you could get played on a nifty chick show how cool would that be so that'd be super cool we would we would love to hear from you so please 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 give us a voice message at the niftychicks.io forward slash vm that's right and as always thank you so much for listening to the nifty chicks always remember invest in yourself because you are worth it Please listen carefully to the following disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guests of the Nifty Chicks podcast are acting in the capacity of financial advisors. We wish to remain transparent and impartial to the NFT community at all times, and therefore, the content provided by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests are intended for general information purposes only. Nothing written or discussed by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests should be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nothing should be interpreted as a solicitation to invest in any cryptocurrency or NFT, and nothing herein should be construed as a recommendation to engage in any investment strategy or transaction. Please be advised that it is in your own best interest to consult with investment, legal, tax, or similar professionals regarding any specific situation and any prospective transaction decisions. You must do your own research when considering investing in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. We are simply sharing our journey with you as we learn more about the world of NFTs. Happy minting.